Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Hope you're having a good day. Well, what is it when they say, you know, everything happens at once? You ever have those kind of days? That's kind of the way things are right now in the news. Everything happening right now. Then you have the weather on top of it. A blizzard in South Dakota while warm weather remains in much of the Midwest, allowing some field work to get done before it, uh, that cool cold weather comes back to the Midwest uh, over the weekend, perhaps. So it's a, a mixed bag, but it, driving back from Kansas City back uh, to my home here in central Illinois yesterday, I did see some field work going on, so there'll be more of that uh, today. Meanwhile, the news, hard to keep up with everything. The House Ag Committee releases its Farm Bill proposals. As expected, Democrats very much in opposition to the nutrition title. We'll talk about that. President Trump offers support for an E-15 waiver that would allow E-15 sales year-round. That's expected, of course, to be opposed by the oil industry, perhaps even in court. And President Trump even opening the door for a possible return to TPP. Wow, a lot is going on. And so much is going on. Today's show is kind of a a fluid situation. We hope to be talking later today with Congressman Colin Peterson, the ranking member of the House Ag Committee. Also, Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall, a member of the uh, Ag Committee, and get their views on the Farm Bill proposal released yesterday. I say we hope to have them on because votes are being scheduled on the House floor uh, today, and we're not sure about their schedule. They may be with us. They may not. may get a call from the floor We'll see, but uh, we're going to kind of play it by ear today. Also, we're going to be talking today with Kent Backus. He's Director of uh, International Trade and Market Access for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We'll be talking with him a little bit later on. Right now, though, happy to have with us uh, Jerry Hagstrom, Executive Editor of the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Uh, Too bad we don't have anything to talk about today. It's it's almost endless, the number of things that we we could talk about. uh, but for me, it's sort of a quiet day of, of analyzing the reactions to the House Ag Committee uh, proposal uh, after it was released yesterday. Okay, so we know there are some changes with uh, conservation, a few tweaks here and there, but the, the real issue is the nutrition title, big divide there between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, yes, and I wouldn't go so far as to say it's just between Republicans and Democrats, because uh, you know, this is this is Chairman Conway's proposal. Uh, it seems to be backed by Paul Ryan, the House Speaker, who's going to be leaving. Uh, but you know, uh, Senator Pat Roberts has already said they're not going to make these big changes. Uh, so I, we can't really assess how much Republican support there is yet for this uh, for this rather radical idea. Yeah, that's a, a key part of this. Even if it does pass in the House, and that's a big if. It's the conference committee will be very interesting because, as you said, Pat Roberts has made it very clear on the Senate side their approach would be completely different on this. That's right, and you know, in addition, the the big change is that it would make it harder to get food stamps uh, because they would impose these work requirements, and uh, and it's always been a food program. It has never been a it hasn't been a work training program. And they want to take some of the money from people who would drop off the program and use it um, to uh, to give to the states to train people. 
Well, there I think you're going to have a debate over that, and I also think that the grocery store industry, the food industry, is going to be furious about this because essentially you're taking money away from their stores. Now, even Chairman Conaway said, hey, he doesn't expect this bill to make it through without amendments and changes. And when you get into that amendment process, uh, that can really bog down. It'll be interesting to see what kind of amendments come up. Well, yes, it's in the, the markup, uh, the, you know, the consideration of the bill in the House Act Committee is going to start Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And Conaway said we're going to go all day Wednesday into the evening. And if we need to, we'll come back Thursday. And if we need to, we'll come back Friday. Now, there are some people who think it's going to go very quickly because the Democrats just are not going to pay much attention to this thing. Uh, uh, but we'll have to see. We don't, you know, we don't have any sense yet of, of what the amendment process will be. So stay tuned on that. Next week will be a very interesting week on the Farm Bill. We're talking with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, what did you make of uh, all the talk on trade? Uh, the president uh, keeps vowing he'll protect farmers, Secretary Purdue saying farmers won't bear the brunt of any trade war with China that they'll be taken care of, and that leaves a lot of questions at how they're going to do that, who would – who would get what? How do you prove how much you've been uh, harmed? Uh, how much would you get paid? I mean, this opens up all kinds of uh, possibilities. Well, it certainly does. And to me, the biggest one is <clears throat> that this would not be a one-year problem. If China were to impose these tariffs, for example, on soybeans um, and continue them on pork, if this goes on for years and years and years, are you going to have a payment to the farmers for each year of that? I mean, that is really going to cost a lot of money, and obviously there's going to be um, uh, opposition on that. Um, by the way, on the Farm Bill, I want to make one other point. Congressman Peterson, the, you know, the ranking member, says that, he can, that if the Republicans stick with these SNAP provisions, these nutrition provisions, he cannot guarantee Democratic votes to keep the sugar program, to keep the crop insurance program or to stop the imposition of payment limits because that's always been a trade-off because there are those uh, members from big cities who have no stake in sugar or agriculture. They have not a single farmer in their districts, but they vote for these things because the bill provides the food stamp benefits that they approve of. Going to be some tough choices there. Do you, do you risk all that? because of how you feel on the, the nutrition title? Uh, there'll be some tough decisions ahead for, for members of Congress. Definitely. Definitely. If this ever gets to the floor, uh, it will really be gripping theater. It'll be as good as going to a play, and hmm. the audience for C-SPAN should go way up. Yeah, a lot at stake, that's for sure. Hey, one other topic. What do you think of the president? He's kind of reopened that TPP door again. Yes, he has. And... Um, but, you know, he didn't really say anything different from what he has said before. He said, well, he'd be interested in TPP if he can get a better deal. So I don't know how much to make of that. The uh, Republican senators are thrilled, of course, and they, it's the actual, you know, they met with the president. He said this to them in a meeting. He's going to direct the, the office of the U.S. Trade Representative uh, uh, to, uh, to deal with this. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, obviously, you know, the thing is, that you have, with every with Trump, you have to take everything seriously and everything with a grain of salt because he's so undependable. It's so uncertain to know what he's gonna what he's gonna really stick with and and what he'll back away from. 
keeps everybody guessing, that's for sure, just how it's all going to play out. All right, Jerry, well, um, I'll let you kind of get back to absorbing all this news and uh, giving your thoughts, and we'll we'll be back in touch as, as uh, these things develop, okay? Thank you. Yes, that's uh, uh, happy, happy to talk to you anytime. All right, take care, Jerry. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Yeah, all kinds of things going on that we'll be uh, – discussing them in the days ahead. Again, we hope to have um, a couple members of the House Ag Committee on with us before the program's over, depending on their voting schedules uh, here today. A lot going on in Washington, D.C. We are going to talk with Kent Backus next. He's with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Director of International Trade and Market Access. Lots to talk about on the trade front. That's next. Stay with us. This is AOA Adams on Agriculture. Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the price comparison tool. The price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache. Or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented MyPillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty and you can wash and dry my pillow and here's my best offer ever get four my pillows for the price of one that's right get four my pillows two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 get four my pillows for the price of one call 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code farm 11 all right guys we're ready for our four season sunroom and daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments oh no we'll be sleeping under the stars mom what about the one with you know the fun nice try little bro it's a gym my gym hey grandma's getting her four seasons garden room weather tight and still like being outdoors maybe a living room oh no wait a family hub yeah no matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To 
find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, welcome back. Wild day, lots going on. Joining us now, Kent Backus, Director of International Trade and Market Access for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Kent, thanks for being with us. Happy to be with you, Mike. All right, so many things going on. Let's talk some trade issues. Uh, What's your take on uh, the U.S.-China situation? I mean, uh, some are saying, hey, we're we're overreacting. We need to just kind of calm down. It's all going to work out. Of course, in the meantime, we know some sectors of agriculture are already being impacted with tariffs, ethanol and pork, for example. Uh, others are just possibilities at this point, but it sure makes a lot of people uneasy. Uh, from a beef perspective, how do you look at all this? Well, I don't think you can ignore the commodity markets at all. But the volatility there, the, the upswings and downswings, I mean, there's, there's no question that that there's a lot of uncertainty in, in this uh you know, and when you get into trade policy, it certainly doesn't help to you know quell those fears. Uh, from the beef perspective, uh, you know we're you know we're unsettled to be on a target list, a potential target list uh, for retaliation from China. But you know we only sell we only sold about thirty one million dollars worth of beef into that market last year. But we're hoping to grow that market. Our our concern is that uh, you know if there is escalation. And if the tariffs actually go into place, then that's going to displace pork. And those, those pork exports are important because uh, when they're displaced, they're going to go to markets where we do export a lot, especially Japan, Korea, and elsewhere. And so, uh, you know, those markets in Japan and Korea are very important to us. And Korea's a billion-dollar market for us. Japan's almost $2 billion dollars. Uh, we're making a lot of gains there that we don't want to jeopardize. And that's important because, you know, exports overall account for $300 per head. And with, you know, livestock prices all over the place, and we certainly don't want to jeopardize, uh, you know, that profit margin built in from exports. So we're we're watching this right now. I think that it is too early to, to get nervous, uh, to you know, to be nervous and to, and to start uh, making hasty decisions because, there's a lot of fluidity in in trade policy right now and in negotiations. It looks like uh, you know the president is committed uh, to addressing uh, some some pretty big trade deficits with China. How that finally comes out is uh, is probably known to him and his staff only. Uh, but you know for now we're going to continue to watch this and advise the administration when we think that uh, some are. You know, some decisions are good, but also just to remind them of, you know, how important these export markets are to us. So, yeah, I think it's really too early to tell how this is gonna, how this is really gonna uh, unfold. But uh, you're right; it certainly is causing a lot of unease uh, without having that certainty. And then when the president and the secretary say, "Farmers will be protected," you'll be you'll be taken care of. A lot of people are saying, okay, how would that work? How you how do you determine the amount of harm? How do you determine who would get what? And how are you going to pay that? I mean, that just opens up so many questions. Yeah, that's the, uh, it, it, at minimum, that's the billion-dollar question is uh, how, do those, how would those subsidies or payments come into place? 
Yeah, keep in mind, the administration's also looking to cut spending. There's a massive spending problem here in Washington, and, uh, and, and there's there's already you know questions about uh, the solvency of crop insurance and the future of the farm bill and everything else. Uh, I mean, we don't want to get put into that same boat. We don't want to be dependent on the government for livelihood or for anything like that. We would rather pursue exports and really drive demand there. Uh, you know, and so it's. I don't think it's something that we can just breathe a sigh of relief because we still don't even know how that program would be operated. We don't know how it would unfold. Uh, you know, we would rather spend our time and, more importantly, government resources and tax dollars on opening markets instead of looking at subsidies or any kind of safety net out there. We see more value in expanding trade and selling to this growing consumer base in Asia and in Latin America than in trying to subsidize or prop up uh, producers because we no longer have that access. Yeah, when you start getting into subsidies and payments, those are the kinds of things we're trying to get been trying to get away from. So uh, yeah, to go back to that would seem to be a step backwards, and then a lot, a lot of questions would go with that. We're talking with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Well, then Kent, then the president comes out yesterday and kind of seems to reopen that door, the possibility of the U.S. getting back into TPP. What did you make of that? Well, you know, we, you know, we were, you know, we welcomed his comments when he, he made the same, you know, or at least uh, alluded to similar comments when he was at the World Economic Forum in Davos earlier this year, and then we haven't seen anything for several weeks. Uh, I think, you know, it would be a very positive development uh, if the administration does follow through with rejoining TPP, but they're they're looking at it now, and you know the administration's going to want to make some some significant changes because the modified version of TPP that the rest of the TPP countries move forward with it took out some some major caveats that the United States had negotiated under the previous administration, and so uh, you know right now there'd have to be some significant changes in other sectors in order for uh, the U.S. to to rejoin. That's going to take time because then you have to have approval from the other countries. But there's no question that those other TPP countries uh, would like the United States to to join. And so uh, I don't think this is something that can happen overnight by any means at all. But we would certainly support the administration uh, pursuing rejoining the TPP. That's been something that we've been encouraging for you know well over a year. Because for us in the beef industry, the Trans-Pacific Partnership represented the greatest market access ever negotiated into the Japanese market. Again, that's almost a $2 billion market for us. But we still face a 38.5% tariff in that market. And if you remember last year, we sold so much beef, they slapped a 50% tariff as a, as a safeguard on it. So the only way to prevent that from happening again and to make sure that we still have the, the, a competitive advantage uh, with all of those other countries is to is to be part of TPP or have a bilateral agreement with the Japanese. But keep in mind, if we don't do anything, we're going to stay at that 38.5% while all of our competitors phase down to a 9% tariff rate. And it's going to be hard for us to hold on to those $2 billion in sales in Japan if, uh, if we're going to be much more expensive than everybody else. That's why this is so important to us. Talking with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Kent, we're going to let you go. Thanks for the update. Uh, a lot to keep track of right now. It sure is. Stay tuned. All right. Take care. Thanks, Kent.
Thanks. Kent Backus, Director of International Trade and Market Access with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. So uh, just so many things happening all at once here uh, with the trade front, uh, with uh, the farm bill, with the RFS, uh, with the possibility of an E15 waiver. And it just seems like, uh, you know, everyone's trying to sort through all of this and figure out how it's all going to work. And as is the case so often with some of these things, there are so many questions and you don't have answers to them. And it takes a while to work through. Uh, these things go out there and then, you know, yeah, there are possibilities of what could happen, but uh, so many details have to be worked out before anything really does happen. So uh, everyone kind of sorting through, trying to uh, figure all this out and how it's going to impact their particular areas of agriculture. We've got this farm bill proposal out there released yesterday by the Republicans uh, in the House Ag Committee. Uh, the markup is, uh, as you've probably heard, and we just talked about a little while ago with Jerry Hagstrom, markup scheduled to start on Wednesday of next week, and uh, Chairman Conway says they'll stay at it till they get it done. Does it go quickly? Does it take a long time? Maybe they just go ahead and put it on the floor for the vote, even though it doesn't seem like there will be the votes there from the Democrats because of the nutrition title uh, to get it passed, and you're going to have amendments and uh, uh, Chairman Conaway says he realizes that there are going to be amendments, there are going to be some changes, the bill won't go through as is. Can they get enough votes on the House floor to pass it? And even if they do, then what happens when uh, the Senate passes theirs? Because uh, it is uh, going to be different. Joining us now, uh, we have Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall, a member of the House Ag Committee, joining us. Congressman, are you there? Thanks for being with us. Congressman, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear. Hey, I know it's a busy time. You've been on the floor voting. Uh, just your thoughts uh, real quick, because we're going to have to go to a break here, uh, about the farm bill. My, my thoughts are I'm so proud of what we've got done here. It's going to give producers five years of certainty. It's going to take care of crop insurance. There's a lot of great things in this bill. We need to get it passed. All right. And I want to get into it. Can you stay with us a couple minutes, or do you have to go vote again? I'm in good shape. I'll hang, hang on here with you. Okay, we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back and talk about uh, the the differences uh, on the nutrition title and the chances of getting this passed now. I know the markup starts next week. You've got a lot of work yet to do. I want to get your thoughts on that, so stay with us. We're talking with Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. He's a member of the House Agriculture Committee. We're going to talk about this farm bill proposal and then uh, the, the concerns that have been raised over the nutrition title, especially when it comes to uh, work requirements for food stamps, things like that. Lots to talk about. It's a busy day. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable 
flexible bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. For the grain and oil seed sector on this Friday, we do have minus signs in front of the changes in wheat, corn, and in soybeans. Wheat futures lower once again on a wetter forecast for the southern plains. A storm spreading across the region will soak portions of the crop. Drought has stressed the crop for several months, resulting in poor conditions, but timely moisture could undo some of that damage perhaps. An hour into the trading day, Kansas City wheat, eight to nine cents lower, about a nickel lower in Chicago wheat, nickel lower in Minneapolis spring wheat. In soybean futures, we are backtracking after the recent gains. July moved to a firmer close on Thursday. The rally yesterday closed just above the April 2nd high at 1071 and a quarter. That was a bullish short-term sign. July soybeans an hour into the day, down seven and a quarter, 1064 and a half. For corn, short-term price support remains at 393 and three quarters. We're trading a couple of cents above that an hour into Friday's session. For livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, feeder cattle futures, a big move to the top side on Thursday. More positive signs on this Friday. We're 25 to 40 cents higher in live cattle, a dime to 40 better in feeder cattle. Meat packers this week have bought cattle mostly for 117 per hundred weight. Steady with a week ago. Some sales rising to 118. That was better than expected. In lean hog futures, we're trending in a mix. Nearby April down 12 at 54.17. Deferred contracts from there, 20 to 50 cents higher. Outside markets, on Wall Street, the Dow flat. NASDAQ down 11. S&P flat. Crude oil in New York up 28 cents a barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Information America's flat. farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patent pill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time you spend in bed; it's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing. Manufacturing my home state of Minnesota, a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever: get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right, get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. Welcome back to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Our guest is Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall, member of the House Agriculture Committee. Okay, Congressman, here Democrats are saying that uh, your proposal will force a lot of people uh, away from the food that they need, it, that the proposed farm bill takes access to healthy food away from families that need it. What's your response to that? 
Mike, I think that's fake news. You know, once again, I think that people need to read the content, read the entire article themselves to make their own decisions. There's so many great things in this nutrition title. As a physician, nothing is more important to me that I'm doing in Congress right now than the nutrition title. I certainly do believe that, that food is health, and uh, I've spent the painstaking efforts to make sure that, that everybody has access to adequate nutrition. There's some great things in this nutrition bill. Number one, it, it helps our food banks. I, I love working with food banks. I, I'm sure you've got them all across the country with your listeners. They do a great job. Next, we're going to make sure that, that the elderly have more access to, to food nutrition as well as children. And I think that those people are the most vulnerable. Those on the, the elderly and then the young kids and the infants are the most vulnerable. We're going to make sure that young kids have more access to fresh fruits, vegetables, and milk, hopefully whole milk in the near future. So I, don't, I think there's going to be nothing further from the truth. And, and, and really, if you think about the big picture, the most important thing we've already done is we have an economy that's heating up. There's literally 50 million jobs that are open across this country right now. The best thing we can do to help anybody in poverty right now is to help them get a job, and that's the goal of this bill. Okay, let's get into that because this another point of contention uh, when it comes to worker requirements and some are saying that should not be part of this. Uh, you're, that's why food is not going to be available to the people who need it. What, what are you talking about here when you're talking about uh, uh, work requirements for food stamp recipients? All right, Mike, let me, let me see if I can explain to you, uh, first of all, the parameters we're talking about. What we're, we're requesting, what, what we want to see happen is if you're a person between the ages of 18 and 59, if you're not pregnant, if you're not disabled, if you don't have a child under the age of six at home, you should be either working or else getting training for work. And if you don't have access to training, we're going to set that up for you. We're going to pay for it and, and help you out. We want to help move you from poverty to work. We want to move you from welfare to work. And we think that this has been successfully piloted in Kansas. We've had some great, uh, great results. I think Maine has seen great results. I think when the the greatest things we can do for a person is to help find, help them find a job, to start a new career, a job that brings value to themselves, a value to their family, and, a, and value to their community. And, and my personal opinion is people that have a, great, have a good job, a great career, are healthier people, and they're happier people. Okay. Have you heard from the, the grocers? Uh, are they concerned about this, that they would actually lose business at grocery stores across the country? You know, I, I, I've not heard that, and it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think as people, as we help people get jobs, uh, they're going to have more income, way more income than food stamps than providing what TANA provide in Kansas. We saw that people that had work requirements really had, a, had double their income, more than double their income in a year's worth of starting them back on a path in, into the workforce. So, uh, so the net outcome for, for grocery stores is going to be better. As the economy improves, more people will be, will be buying beef. Uh, which is really good for Kansas uh, agriculture producers. Uh, so so I, I, if, I've not heard that one bit, uh, but if I do, that's what I'm going to tell them. The best thing we can do for the grocery store, like most businesses, is improve the economy and help people get a job. If you're on welfare and we can move you into work, they'll be spending more money on groceries than the food stamps are getting them. Okay, so let's just kind of – I want to make sure I understand this because the criticism is that 
these cuts or these changes, the proposals that you have in the Farm Bill, would cut SNAP participation by as many as 1 million people over the next 10 years. But you're saying if you're moving them from uh, the SNAP program into a job where they actually buy the food, uh, you know, then that's a positive, whereas the, the, those who oppose this are, are, are pushing this as a negative. Absolutely. We have a, have a total uh, difference in, in philosophy of life. How do we measure success when it comes to people on welfare? I think we measure by success by how many people we move from welfare into work that's providing for themselves and their family. They're going to be mentally healthier. They're going to have better access to food. So I think that's a great thing. Instead of measuring success of welfare or, or food stamps or how many people are on food stamps, how in the world could that be a good measure? As this economy continues to pr- improve, and we've had three quarters in a row now of 3% GDP growth, record unemployment for like, for like 17 years, the lowest unemployment in our country's history, a great time to get a job. I think if we measure success is how many families that, that we moved from welfare to work should be the measure of success, not how many people we kept in poverty, drowning them. Every time they lift their head above the water, drowning them back into poverty. And I think that is a big philosophical difference, unfortunately, between Nancy Pelosi and, uh, and the Congress. And on the House side of the Republican side of the Congress, we want to help people get a job. We want to help teach people to fish as well as give them fish. Let's give fish to those who really need it, but also help teach people how to fish. Talking with Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. Now, beyond the nutrition title, is there agreement? Is there bipartisan agreement for the rest of the bill? I know you're making some changes in conservation. Uh, tell us about some of those changes and what you're hearing on the other side of the aisle. Do you have support? Right. I, I really think this whole bill has bipartisan fingerprints all over it. You know, it wasn't until two weeks ago that the Democrats started walking away from this, this bill. Suddenly, it's politically driven, not policy driven. And I'm, you know, you don't know me very well, but I'm not the person that wears my Republican uh you know, red collar on my shirt sleeve. I wear it in my conservative heart. Uh, but, but there are bipartisan fingerprints all over this bill. I think that number one is it gives people five years of certainty. If there's one thing I know about businesses, we hate uncertainty. So this bill does that for five years. And number two, it, it provides crop insurance. It maintains crop insurance. The whole bill overall is budget neutral. To talk about your conservation practices and, and CRP, those types of things, we work very hard. We've listened a lot. We found that people really think that EQIP is working well, so we've doubled that funding for, for EQIP, um, and we're trying to prioritize what acres, what type of crop should, or what type of crop land should go into CRP. So I, I think that this is very much a bipartisan approach. And, and by the way, this, this is not over with. We have to submit a bill. We're going to put this bill on the floor on the House uh, committee next week, and then it will go for the floor, and there's opportunity to improve the bill at every step of the way. So I think it's 90% there, but I, I bet that we'll find some ways to make it even better. Yeah, you've got markups starting next week. There no doubt will be some amendments offered. As you said, there's still a ways to go on this before you even get it to a floor vote. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you know, it's hard for me to predict exactly what's going to happen there in committee. I would be happy. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this bill as it is. You know, nobody's going to get everything. But, but I would tell you, we had over 70 t- uh, town halls in my state. Uh, we've had over 120 hearings up here in D.C. Uh, we did six national hearings as well. We've listened 
listen, and I think that this bill is pretty good for everybody. Uh, again, no one's going to get everything they want, but I think that at least as far as Kansas agriculture goes, we may have got 95, 98% of what we were asking for. But when you look at it, if you're a farmer, and not that a farmer doesn't think these other nutrition programs are important. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a lot at risk here uh, as far as crop insurance and conservation programs and, and ARC, PLC. If all that is at, at risk because of the differences on nutrition, I mean, uh, the fear is the whole thing goes down or we don't get a new farm bill because of that one issue. You know, absolutely, and I think that's what Democrats have to answer when go back to their district. And there's very few districts in this country that, not, that are not impacted by agriculture. So you're going to go – can you imagine trying to go back to the producers in your district and say, you voted against a farm bill. You voted against five years of certainty. You voted against five years of improving ARC and PLC programs. You voted against five years of funding for crop insurance because the Republicans wanted to – Take, to ask people, to encourage people who could work to go work, and if you couldn't work, that we'll get you training. How can you ever justify that to your, to your base, to, to your constituents? It just doesn't make any sense at all. Well, it just sounds like it comes down to a philosophical difference on this issue of, um, you know, uh, on the nutrition title, who gets food stamps or how you determine who gets them and qualifies for them and whether or not you you view moving them into efforts to uh, get them employed uh, rather than just keep them on the food stamp roll. Yeah, I, th- I think that's basically right. And, uh, and I think that sometimes these issues get blown up out of proportion. Uh, this, this, when we were doing our tax cuts and jobs bill, two weeks before that bill was passed, you would have thought that the sky was falling and it was never going to happen. But we were able to push it through the finish line. We even on the House side were able to push through our repeal and replace bill for Obamacare. So, so maybe this bill is about where, where those two bills were two weeks be, uh, before they were voted on. So this is to be expected. Nobody would have ever expected to, or us to roll out a bill today and everybody be happy with it. Everybody's posturing. Everybody's trying to get one more little piece of this pie for their constituents or for their philosophy. But, but I would think that if you would push a Democrat on the, or Republicans, they would all say this is about 90 or 95 percent there. And surely, to goodness, we could figure out these differences. And if we don't, then whose shoulders is that going to rest upon? And right now, the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi have walked away from the negotiating table. They literally walked away and have not spoken to our chairman for over two weeks rather than talking about, well, what would you do with the food uh, nutrition supplement? What, what can we do to make it better? They said that this is a non-negotiated issue. Uh, this has Nancy Pelosi's fingerprints all over it at this time. They've made this totally political, but, but we'll get through it. We'll, we'll overcome her political bias uh, in order to get this done. Congressman, thank you for your time, and we'll talk again as this process continues. Thank you very much. We look forward to it. Thanks for having me on. All right, Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. Well, we hope to talk with the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, his concerns about this bill. Uh, a lot uh, a lot of differences here still for them to work out. We'll talk about it on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Stay with us. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. 
The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the Price Comparison Tool. The Price Comparison Tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the Price Comparison Tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800 800-35- 352 
1-800-522-1402. All right, guys. We're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no. We'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait. A family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, welcome back. So this is, uh, we're trying to kind of lay this uh, debate out for you for the Farm Bill. Uh, The proposal came out yesterday from the House uh, Ag Committee. And uh, basically, you just heard uh, Congressman Roger Marshall point out, the Republicans feel that they are actually strengthening the SNAP program and the Democrats uh, feel that uh, they're kicking people off the food stamp rolls and that the people are going to be harmed by this, that they'll not have access to the, uh, to the food that they need. So that's basically the, the key issue that has to be resolved here for this farm bill to move forward and to get passed in the House. You have a really big difference of opinion here on a key issue. And we talk about this a lot. The nutrition title makes up 80% of the farm bill. So all the rest of it, the the crop insurance and the uh, ARC and PLC payments and the conservation programs, that 20%, which is critical to farmers, it's um, it's all being held at risk here till they work out this nutrition title issue. Joining us now, the ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're very, very busy. Um, We just heard again, uh, we just talked with Congressman Marshall, and the Republicans feel that they are strengthening the SNAP program. Obviously, your party feels differently about it. Do you see some common ground? How optimistic are you that something can get worked out to resolve this issue? Is it a deal breaker? Can it pass until you, without resolving this? I don't know. They can do it or not. They, uh, these are a bunch of ideological zealots, is what they are. And uh, I've, I've had it. You know, there's uh, half of this snap stuff uh, I, I actually supported and, and could have supported, uh, but they put this poison pill in there. They're going to spend. $13 billion on programs that are not going to work. Uh, it's a complete waste of money. And this is the people that are supposedly against more government. You know, and then they're, they're claiming that this is how or another strengthening the program. I mean, give me a break. Uh, you might as well take that money and burn it. Do you expect a lot of amendments next week in the in markup? No. 
you think it'll just go through and go to the House floor for the vote then? And you don't think there'll be the votes that pass it? I don't know. It's up to them. Uh, the Speaker is already calling people into his office. I talked to somebody this morning that uh, one of the moderates, uh, they put they had a bunch of them in there yesterday, putting the heat on them, trying to get them to vote for this. And this particular guy told him to go to heck. Uh, now, <laughs> whether he's going to be able to whipsaw the uh, Freedom Caucus and the moderates enough to pass this, I don't know. It's up to them. But... This is not going anyplace in the Senate, so I don't understand what they're up to here. It's not any kind of strategy that makes any sense to me, but they're in charge, and good luck. That's all I can say. Beyond the nutrition title, are you? is there bipartisan support for the rest of the bill? Well, there was, but, you know, nothing is settled until everything is settled, so they're running around saying that this is bipartisan. Uh, what, what I did is I went along with things that I didn't necessarily agree with, trying to help them be bipartisan until they blew this thing up. Uh, so, I mean, now I'm saying what I really think, and that is that I don't think the safety net is adequate. And I don't know where we get the money to fix it, but I can tell you that if we get a below-average crop this year, we are going to be in big trouble. And this bill is not going to be uh, what's needed to help people get out of it. So how will, you ta how will you talk to farmers, uh, and how will your members talk to farmers about if uh, they lose crop insurance and all the other things in the farm bill because of this nutrition issue? What will your message be to them over that? They're not going to lose crop insurance because of what's in the bill. The crop insurance is permanently authorized. It doesn't even need to be in the farm bill. It's permanently authorized. So if... if there's nothing that we're doing that's jeopardizing the uh, crop insurance. It's what they're doing that's jeopardizing it. You know, so they'll have to explain to people if they screw it up by putting this thing on the floor. You know, I'll vote to save crop insurance. There'll be a few others that will vote to save crop insurance, but there'll be a lot of people that won't because they don't have any farmers in their district. And this, this is why we've had a SNAP a farm coalition together all these years so we could get a bill through so you're willing, your party will be willing to not pass a farm bill. They feel that strongly about the nutrition title. Well, uh, that's, yeah, that's my read on it. Uh, I've got uh, 20, our members are unanimous uh, in opposition to this because they have delved into it and they know that this is a joke, it's a sham, and it's not, it doesn't work. And they're not going to vote for it. So next week is the markup. You feel it'll go through fairly quickly in the markup? Uh, I think there'll be a lot of questions. Uh, uh, there won't be any amendments, I don't think. I, I don't know. Maybe there will be, but there'll be a lot of questions. And so I don't know how long it will drag on. Any idea when it might go to the floor for a vote? I have no idea. That's up to them. You know, they run the show. How much conversation, discussion are you having with Chairman Conaway? Are, are you two talking on this? No. Have you have you reached out to him at all? I haven't talked. I haven't talked to him for four weeks. Four weeks. Yes. So you're you're out of the loop as far as uh, how this is going. How they're wanting to push this forward. They're they're not. They haven't reached out to you to say let's. 
find a way to make this work? The way is going to the board, seeing if we can find Democrats to support what he's doing, which is ridiculous. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> well, we... <laughs> It'll be an interesting week ahead. Well, thank you for your very candid comments. We appreciate it as always, and we'll we'll talk again uh, after it gets through the markup. Okay. All right. Good enough. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate it. Ranking member of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, strong words calls this uh, farm bill proposal a joke and a sham. Uh, he says there probably won't be uh, many amendments, but he. Thinks it's going to be tough for them to find the votes to get it passed. We will see two very different opinions on this farm bill. You've heard them right here today on AOA. Thanks for being with us. Much more on this next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on Adams on Agriculture. <music> 